Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders, would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. You never know what time we're going to show up around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, DeMond Cotton and your boy Q. We might show up in the morning. We might be on 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Hell, we might even be on 10 a.m. to noon. Who knows? You just never know where we're going to pop up, but today... Today, we got, the, we got the long one for you. We are going to be the last. We're actually the first and the last today. <laughs> Let's put it like that. The first and the last. The morning tailgate was off today. Again, getting a little bit of R&R before training camp gets started, which is coming up on, to, on Monday. So excited about that with the rookies reporting in training camp on, on the 18th and then the veterans on the 20th and uh, full throttle. We'll be going full steam ahead throughout the course of the summer. Of course, leading you into preseason and leading you into the regular season. And don't forget, we'll have a stop at Canton, Ohio in between all of that on August, uh, basically the week of August six i think i'll uh, i'll land in canton on august 3rd uh do a couple shows from there obviously the raiders play the jaguars in the hall of fame game on august 4th and then the enshrinement into the pro football hall of fame is saturday august 6th so we have a full week basically in canton ohio so we're, we got a lot coming up for you in the next few not only coming weeks but the next few coming months and then leading into the training camp and uh, all the way through the super bowl and uh yeah we're just gonna go you know how we do you know dip our head in a tank of gasoline light that thing on fire with a match and whew, what did Eddie Murphy say? That's a fire. <laughs> that's a fire. And that's exactly what it's going to be. But excited to be with you for the next four hours. Noon to four, we're going to rock with you. Like I said, we're the first and the last. Uh, no, Nobody coming in after us. Nobody coming on before us. So, I mean, this is it's all up to us, Devon. I mean, we got to make it happen. We got to make it do what it do. Yeah, man. So, we're really giving the fans <laughs> what they want. You want content? <laughs> We, we give the people what they want. Isn't that what Jalen Rose say? Give the people what they want. I'm not a Jalen Rose fan. But. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's what he says. He said that's like the best part of the show is <laughs> the beginning. I like that. That's usually when I'm watching. I say, okay, I'll, I'll watch that. Okay, now turn it off. I don't know. Just not a Jalen Rose guy. But anyway, 12 to 4, man. We're rocking with you this afternoon, heading you into the weekend the right way. And then Monday, we'll be broadcasting all the way live from LV's uh, ballpark when uh, the battle for Vegas goes on between the Raiders, as Team Josh Jacobs, and the Golden Knights, which is Team Riley Smith. So, I mean, we got a lot in the, in the pressure cooker coming up for the next few days around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show today as our training camp two-a-days get wrapped up. Damon, we started training camp two days on Monday. They get wrapped up this afternoon. Perfect symmetry right there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Every once in a while, we do something like we know what we're doing, right? The planning was perfect. Planning was perfect. Training camp two days has been a lot of fun, I think. It's been a lot of fun seeing where everyone's team that, uh, you know, where the team that the guys are, are covering or the young ladies are covering, whatever the case may be, whoever we talk to covering all these teams that are on the Raiders schedule for 2022 where they are right now, because this is all a building process for all 32 teams in the league. I don't care if it's the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams, as we talked yesterday, Rams. Every team has a hole. Every team has a question. Every team has a negative. Every team has positives. I mean, right now, 
that's that's the beauty of it. It's it's ninety men and. Everyone has an opportunity to build right now. So I've had a lot of fun talking to a bunch of different people about all these different teams that are on the Raiders' schedule for 2022. We know what everything is like going into camp. What's it going to be like coming out of camp and the regular season? And we'll, of course, we'll do the preview of that after training camp and the preseason is over as we uh, lead into the beginning of the regular season. We'll probably, we probably won't go through every team immediately after training camp's over and preseason's over. We'll probably just, we'll just do previews week to week yeah, as, week as the week. game yeah as the games come up we did that a lot last year so coming up today as we close out our training camp two a days mike debate host of locked on patriots he'll join the show at one o'clock talk all things pats and you know one of the things that i'm interested in i feel like for raider nation and raider nation feel free to chime in if you uh, you know if you want i feel like for raider nation this game against the patriots is a big big deal Right, It's a big deal. I feel like it is just because of all the ties that are going on between the Raiders and the Patriots right now. I'm interested in how, how big of a deal it is for Patriot fans. You know what I mean? Like, Is it a big deal? Because how many times do they lose a coach? They lose coaches all the time, right? Now, they don't always be successful, but they lose coaches all the time. So are Patriot fans like, oh, we got we to gotta win that game against that damn Josh McDaniels? You know what I mean? But I feel like Raider fans are like, man, got to stick it to Bill Belichick. Gotta, you know what I mean? Just because... You know, Raider fans don't like Patriots anyway, you know, and so that's already got a little bit of edge. And then with all the ties that are within the Raiders organization now to the New England, I feel like it's a bigger game for the Raider fans than it is for Patriot fans. For Patriot fans, I think that it'll just be a big game for the development of Mac Jones, because depending on how their season's going, it can be he doesn't need Josh McDaniels or it can be, man, he needed Josh McDaniels. Right, right. And that's a good question. That's a good question about, you know, how much. Is it going to hurt that they don't have that consistent play caller as the offensive caller? Because, I mean, he's been there for so long, right? So, I mean, how is that going to change the game? And that's later in the season. So the Patriots, they might stink by the time, you know, they head to Vegas. Or they might be really good. We, we just don't know. But I, I just that's one of the questions that I want to ask Mike when we talk to him at 1 o'clock about the Patriots. How big of a game, how big of a deal is it for Patriot fans? And if it's bigger for Raider fans than it is for them? Do you think it's a one-sided rivalry? I don't even know if it's a rivalry. I had this conversation the other day on ESPN National. I feel like in a rivalry, there's got to be a long history. And I, I realize the tuck rule, obviously. That started everything. But it has it really been a rivalry with the Patriots? Or just a one-sided hate relationship? Yeah, you know, it's it's like one of those. I mean, to have a rivalry, too, you've got to have a you know winning on one side, winning on the other side. And there really hasn't been a lot of that. I mean, just to be 100% honest about it. And, and this is why the other day when I was doing that show on ESPN, I was saying... There's not really a lot of rivalries in pro sports anymore. I mean, there really isn't because there's so much free agency. Like, you don't see, remember back in the day when, you know, the Raiders were playing the Chiefs. It was like, oh, Chiefs week, Raiders week, da-da-da. And, and the players and the coaches hated the Raiders and, you know, hated. it's not like that anymore. Right after the game, you see Travis Kelsey go dap everyone up. Hey, what's up? You know, and that's fine. I mean, it's just, it's not my father's football, right? I mean, it's just back in the day, there was that real deal hatred. Now, the rivalry is real for the fans. The fans hate the Chiefs. The fans hate the Broncos. The fans hate the Chargers. The fans hate the Patriots. They got that inner rivalry with the, with the fan base. I just don't think the teams have that rivalry. You know what I mean? Like it just In college, I feel like there's more rivalries than there is in, in professional sports. I just don't see it. Yeah, like you said, we're, with free agency, where someone's mm-hmm. just like, hey, man, 
I've only been here for a year. Or right. maybe this is my first season. I mean, <laughs> back in the day when you had guys right. that were just on teams for seven, eight years, mm-hmm. and then it's only retiring or trading and getting traded, that's how you're leaving the team. Right. You know, that's different. Right. And and we've talked to former Raiders and Chiefs that have played uh, on both teams, right? And, and they say that, man, it, it was it was a big deal. Oh, man, you got to play the Raiders this week. Everyone's getting amped up, talking all that. I don't know if there's that, that kind of animosity in the locker rooms anymore. You know, I just... I don't I don't see it. And of course, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know. But I just I don't think that it's there. Now, you look at a college game, you see Duke, North Carolina. You're like, okay, okay, let's go. You know, I mean, it's going down. I mean, just there's plenty. I mean, you know, hell, UNLV and and, and, and Reno. Yes, that's a rivalry. Yeah, that's a big deal. But they don't have those kind of games in the pros. Yeah, I think maybe for like professional athletes now in the pros, I think maybe it's more of a personal like, oh, this guy thinks that he's better than me or this guy thinks he can cover me. Or you see something like you watch something on ESPN, they say he's going to shut him down. He's right. not going to get over 50 yards receiving. Right. Maybe that's how the rivalries are just on the personal level. But, yeah, not with the teams. No, I think you're right. I think that's a great way to put it. Just notice this. Uh, just notice these tweets right here from Vinny Bonsignor. Big announcement coming from the Raiders facility today. Andre James on hand to watch. And then followed up by Willie Ramirez. Richie Incognito announces his retirement from the NFL. So there you go. Richie Incognito. That was actually something that I was expecting to come down pretty soon. Just didn't get any notice about it. So wasn't sure what time it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. But there you go. It's official now. I knew it was going to happen at some point today. Richie Incognito has announced his retirement from the NFL. How come everyone's there but me? <laughs> I just noticed. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, how come everyone else got the got the notice but me? I thought Honda was going to be on hand, but uh, Honda's there. So there you go. So maybe we'll check in with Vinny. Miss it. <laughs> hey, you know, it's 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 pretty funny that that's, uh, that's the case. But hey, hey, there you go, man. In uh, in real life, Richie Incognito announces his retirement from the NFL. So uh, at some point in this hour, I think, there's going to be a presser, which is probably going to start in a matter of minutes. And when we do, uh, when we find out exactly when it is, we'll go straight to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and let you hear from Richie Incognito, who is now officially retired from the NFL. Uh, let me tell you real quick, the guests coming up on the show, as we're going to have to keep our head on a swivel, as we do really well around here. 1 o'clock again, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. He'll join the show, talk all things Pats. At 2 o'clock, Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. He'll join the show to talk all things Steelers as they're up on the schedule as well. And that's going to be, you want to talk about if there's a rivalry, how about that one, the Steelers and the Raiders? You want to talk about a rivalry? There's one for you. Yeah, but like you said, it's back in the old days. It's not the to, old one, but be dated. But yes, right. like the seventies, that was the premier rivalry. Well, in the, the reason NFL. the reason this one's going to be a big deal. It's on Christmas Eve, and it's the anniversary of the Immaculate uh, Incompletion. So <laughs> is that what they call it? <laughs> that's what I call it. <laughs> I bet you that's what Raider Nation call it. Let me pull Raider Nation real quick. <laughs> How y'all feeling? <laughs> I bet you they tell you that they'll say it's the Immaculate uh, Incompletion and not the reception. So we'll talk to Chris Carter coming up at 2 o'clock, all things Steelers, and we'll close out our training camp two uh, days with Jose Sanchez from all 49ers SI. Talk all things San Francisco 49ers as they will be headed to Allegiant Stadium on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. I want to see what everyone's like that day. I want to see the mood in the room. And when I mean the room, I mean the stadium. I want to see who's still juiced up. Who just came off the strip and just went straight to Allegiant Stadium? I want to see the media members that are dragging ass. I mean, I want to see all that. Because I'll tell you, there might have been a game or two last season where I was a little bit dragging. Because we had the, you know, we had the events at the oh, Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, those were some good times. So sometimes they went a little bit longer than expected. And and then, yes, yeah, so there might have been a couple couple games that I might have been just, you know, not on my 100 percent A game, maybe my A minus game. 
the first game where either team, no matter the st- no matter the score, is just ah, big play. <laughs> yeah, right. I think everyone's going to be juiced up. I think there's going to be more people that probably didn't even go to sleep in the, at that game than there are going to be people that are just like just out of it. You know, what I mean, I think once the game gets going, everyone will really get juiced. But yeah, that's that ought to be interesting, man. New Year's Day in Las Vegas for a football game. Oh, by the way, it's the Battle of the Bay, right? I mean, the storylines write themselves. I want that Bay energy, too. I want to be able to experience it. I'm not saying get rowdy fans, but I want, like, all those stories of just, like, man, a fight started in the stands because I was sitting next to a guy with a 49ers <laughs> jersey. If you got those stories, let me know. Right, right. Oh, no, they'll they'll definitely – the stories will definitely be there. So uh, that's that's going to be interesting. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Mike DeBate at 1, Chris Carter at 2, and Jose Sanchez at 3. We'll be talking Patriots, talking Steelers, and talking San Francisco 49ers. So now – I'm trying to see exactly where we're at right now. You know what? We need to get some clarity on exactly what they're going to Yeah. Do you do you have any clarity over there? Zilch. Okay, good. <laughs> That's positive. All right, what we're going to do, Raider Nation, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, come back, reset. Most likely, we'll be hearing from Richie Incognito when we come back. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 1217 is the time here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton, your boy Q. Going on right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Richie Incognito, uh, former left guard for the Silver and Black, has announced his retirement. And what we found out is that the presser is not being streamed. So what we're going to do is we will get the audio of it at some point before the show's over. And you'll hear from Richie Incognito, and that's fine. No big deal. Me and Damon are going to sit there and hold it down. We might check in with Vinny. He's over there, so we might check in with him at some point in the show as well uh, just to see how everything was going down. And I'll say this. Uh, let's talk about Richie Incognito since he's retiring. And I don't think that it's a massive announcement that he's retiring. I think that after you saw what he did last year, which was nothing, he got injured in the, in the, um, the training camp practices leading up to that Rams game and never returned. Never returned to the lineup. John Simpson was forced into action. So I don't think that, you know, he's like a long legacy type Raider, right? I mean, it's, it's Richie Incognito. But he's had a long career. And the one thing I'll say about him, and Raider Nation, I'll throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200 and the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r What did Richie Incognito mean for the Raiders? And in my opinion, it's just my opinion, but I'd love to hear from you on it. I think as much as he did on the field, and he was a consistent player while he was out there, I think he helped out the guy next to him. I think he really helped out the guy at the left tackle position in Colton Miller, who we all remember his rookie year struggled, you know, and and then he grew a lot into the second year. And, of course, I don't want to take anything away from Colton Miller. He put in the work. But I think that having Richie Incognito next to him helped him out. I think that helped build him up a little bit. I think it helped toughen him up a little bit. I think it just helped kind of understand the game, having a veteran like that next to him and starting learning that position. And that's really what I think needs to happen with Alex Leatherwood on the other side is have a veteran that's been there, done that, knows how to get it done. You know what I mean? And and be able to have that guy next to him to help develop him as well. I think that Richie Incognito was able to help Colton Miller do that. So let us know what you think. What did Richie Incognito, what did he mean to the Raiders? I know his... Long history of his career. I know the dark parts of his career. I know the great parts of his career. And I will say this about Richie Incognito. He joined the Raiders. There was a lot of people that had questions. 
Wait, he's gonna what? He's gonna do what? Richie Incognito? Don't you know about his history? Richie Incognito was he was a good soldier while he was a, a Raider. I got to give him credit for that. You know, I, I think he's overcame a lot of uh, of dark points in his life, and has done some good things. He, I think, he did a lot of good things with the silver and black, especially, you know, even stuff off the field where he was basically on his best behavior. I hate to say it like that; it makes him sound like his little kid, but he pretty much was on his best behavior. I mean, you didn't hear any dust ups about Richie Incognito. All I think he did was, in a positive way, help Colton Miller on the left side of him. Yeah, but Richie Incognito also, he was one of those players that embraced Vegas and that yeah. move and that transition. Or one of those guys that's, hey, not even Vegas. I like the state of Nevada where it's just he enjoyed being here. Right. And I do think that that's one of the reasons why you say, when remember last season he got cut and then it was just, oh, this is just a salary cap maneuvering. They're bringing him right back. Right. And it's just, oh, why are they doing it? They obviously just liked having him in the building. Right. No, and he and you know he was supposed to be a guy that they thought was going to provide something last year, and he just wasn't. I mean, when he got injured leading into that uh, that that preseason game against the Rams, remember being there in L.A. and uh, he got hurt the week during the week during practice, and he never he never you know took the field during that game and never took the field at all in 2021. Never one time took the field, and you know for the longest we kept hearing, oh Richie's you know he's working his way back, he's working his way back, working his way back. Okay, he's taking, you know, he's taking a couple steps backwards. Okay, he's not going in the right direction. And then ultimately, they just shut him down and realize, okay, he's not going to come back. And father time waits for no man. That's one thing that it doesn't matter who you are, how great of an athlete you are, father time waits for no man. It eventually, at some point, catches up to everyone. And last season, obviously, it caught up to Richie Incognito. So today, he announces his retirement. So I wanted to talk about Richie Incognito. And again, I anticipated having the, the presser to, to air right now, but that's okay. You know, again, like I said, once we get the sound from it, we will bring it to you here on the station here on the Unnecessary Roughness Radio 920. But we've been going all week long with these top 10 themes, right? The top 10 wide receivers, the top 10 quarterback, the top 10 running back, all that stuff. We've been going through all those. Well, today, the top 10 offensive tackles came out. And Colton Miller was not a top 10 offensive tackle, but he was a notable uh, honorable mention. So Colton Miller was an honorable mention when it came to the top 10 tackles in the league. And that's fine. I didn't expect him to be in the top 10, but I did think that at some point he was going to get some kind of mention because, again, he's really elevated his career. He's turned it into a second contract with the Raiders. I mean, he's he's one of the better tackles in the league. Can he get better? I think he can. I think he can still, you know, develop his game a lot more. But he's a he's a pretty solid piece on that left side. You feel pretty good about what the Raiders have on that left side. Now, you look at the rest of the line, and you're like, well, you just don't know. There's some good pieces, but can they come together as a unit? That's the thing. Being an offensive line and being an offensive lineman is great if you're good, but as an offensive line, you have to be able to come together and be one complete unit. If you're not one complete unit, if it's a bunch of guys doing individual things, you're in trouble. Especially with that um, scheme that you said they have, it's the zone blocking scheme. Yeah. So where you're not just, like I said yesterday, going and just pancaking a guy. Right. you got to be in the exact spot that you need to be in. And it's good of Colton Miller, hey, man, this guy's a Pro Bowl-level player, mm-hmm. but if the guy next to him messes up, it doesn't matter because Derek Carr is in trouble. Right, exactly. Got a text message from the, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r talking about Richie Incognito. Richie has a great story as he uh, as why he wanted to come to the Raiders. Congratulations to him. Wish he could have played some more. Yeah, it would have been great if you could have got you know four or five solid years out of Richie Incognito. That would have been awesome, right? But when he signed with the Raiders, he was already in the state of Nevada. And he was already in Las Vegas. Like He literally said he's not either not going to play or he's going to play for the Raiders. And it worked out where... He got to play at the Raiders. So that was cool. And again, I think 
that he really helped Colton Miller in the in the maturity of Colton Miller help him grow as a player. And now you'll see and you can see pictures as people are tweeting out pictures like Vinny and Willie and and everyone who's there. Uh, Jesse Merrick, Paloma's there. Uh, everyone that's there is tweeting out pictures. You see all the offensive linemen there as well. So, I mean, again, offensive linemen, they're kind of like special teams units. They, they travel in packs, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. they travel with each other. Offensive linemen, the right hand always knows what the left hand's doing. At least that's what a good offensive line does. So it's kind of cool to see all those guys there. And also, not as a slight, but just as a fact, he played in 14 games out of 49. Uh, out of 49. Right. So it's just you wish that he would have been more right. available for the team because he was someone in those Buffalo years still in his mid-30s making Pro Bowls. Right. That that part. That part. If he if you could have got that, that uh, Richie Incognito, that would have been great. Uh, Paloma just tweeted out a picture where everyone's posing on stage uh, one more time with the with the boys. Is that Kenyon Drake as well? It looks like the offensive lineman, Kenyon Drake, and Richie Incognito in the middle. That's pretty cool right there. That's really cool. And you could tell, man, again, like I said, uh, offensive line, that that's how they roll, man. They are one complete unit, and, and they always are going to stick together. It's Brandon Parker, Colton Miller, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, I don't know who that is. I think just, that's John Simpson. You just don't know? <laughs> I think it might be John Simpson. <laughs> I got to Is this Paloma's picture? Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. Let me see if I can uh, help you out here. Okay. And then, you just uh, don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. And then Kenyon Drake. And then the other problem is I ate an Eminem before the show, and all of a sudden it just, like, it just got in my throat. So I'm about to cough. <laughs> like, literally. Man, oh, man, you got, hold on. Ooh, you talking about the cat with the dreads? Yeah. Man, you got me too. <laughs> Ooh. No, oh man, that's not Johnson. It might be John Simpson. No, I don't think that's John. I think I think that's uh, is that Lester Cotton? I don't know. Is that your kinfolk? <laughs> <laughs> is that your kinfolk? Just saying. All right, man. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out. <laughs> well, that could be your that could be your homework assignment. We did get a t- uh, tweet from TJ when I was talking about the immaculate incompletion. Uh, he said it's called the immaculate deception. Of course, I. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate that. Yeah, I know. I just like to call it the immaculate incompletion because all Raider Nation knows it was incomplete. And the other reason I say that is because I actually said that to Franco Harris at the Super Bowl. He told me, and my eyes are watering because of that, that Eminem, but he told me, he would tell me if he caught it or not if I voted on it as the, as the number one play in the NFL. This wasn't last year at the Super Bowl. This was when the Super Bowl was in Miami. He literally sat there and told me, I'll tell you if I, uh, if I caught the ball or not if you, if you go vote for it as the number one play in the, in the, uh, in the history of the league. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And he said, okay, well, as soon as you, as soon as you vote, I'll come back and tell you. Of course, he never came back and, uh, and told me. I didn't vote on it either. So he knew what was up. <laughs> hey, but everybody, Q really does have I do. Like, I'm saying, one no, tier. yeah, I have a tear going down my eye because I have, it's a, it's a piece of M&M. And you know, M&M's, the candy on the outside is, is a little, it's like a little flake. And I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. Shout out to the listeners on Twitter. Lil Al Davis tweeted at us, Lester Cotton. Oh, there is that how do you not know your kin your kin folk? Hey man, you know, I said I said maybe, you know, sometimes you you gotta look at them. Okay. You know, know something about them. Just something about them. Got a uh, got a bunch of text messages on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R. Says Simpson has dreads. That's what I thought. I thought he did. That's why I was uh but it didn't it's it's not John Simpson. Uh, Big Dub Raider said, Q and D, I definitely am one of those that didn't like Richie signing when it happened, but his time with us definitely got Colton tougher. Go Raiders. So there you go. That's Big Dub Raider. And I think a lot of people felt that way about Richie Incognito. I, think a t- I mean, I saw so much backlash on Twitter when, uh, when he signed, and you know, Twitter's the place to go for the backlash. But it was there. There were so many people that doubted what he could bring to the table, and it proved that it was a good signing. It really was. Again, he didn't play in as many games as you'd want him to play, 
But for what he was able to do with Colton Miller, I think that that was a good thing. Uh, one more text before we take a break. It's from Rob in Oakland. I think the Raiders have a strong historic rivalry with the, the Steelers and geographic rivalry with the Winers. The latter may slowly fade over time the longer that the Raiders are away from Oakland. Personally, I'm forever going to teach young Raider fans the, that Great America is trash. Isn't Great America going away? Didn't I read that? You read that. I did read that, yeah, right? It's like one of those headlines you just see it. But you I just, read it you and I was like, man, it was Great America. I'm sorry. I know I goof on, on where they, stay, they play. Great America was the spot, though, back in the day. Great America was the spot. Back in the day, man, we used to have uh, Hot Day South Bay, and they used to have all the hottest concerts there. Like, I saw Bell Biv DeVoe. I saw The Brat there. I saw, I mean, Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. I mean, I saw all those cats. Like, everyone that you thought you wanted to see, Jermaine Dupri, saw all those cats. Um, Bow Wow. I mean, everyone. They would always go there, and that was a good, cheap way to go see, like, your favorite artist. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't an expensive ticket. It, it was really easy to get in. And they'd be there. They'd do a few songs. But you're like, hey, I just saw The Brat. Or I just saw so-and-so. Or I just saw, you know, like I said, Boys the Men. Or, or uh, Belle Biv DeVoe. I, I saw all those groups there. So I did kind of like Great America. Plus, it was a great place to go pick up on girls. I mean, that was the thing. Like, hey, we're going to Great America. I'm about to go to the mall. About to get me a fit. Man, I'm about to look good. Go get my hair cut. I'll be straight. Great America. Yeah, man. Great America was good for something. I wasn't on those rides. I was trying to create rides. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just saying. Getting, getting, back, <laughs> getting back to Robin Oakland's text. The Raiders dominated the AFC West rivalry for decades, and these teams have gotten their revenge over the last 20 years. Honestly, in that time, we haven't held up our end of the bargain by fielding poorly coached, poorly performing teams. Time to take our titles back and dominate these rivals once again. It's Robin Oakland. And let me ask you this, Rob, uh, and, I, and I do appreciate the text. It's great stuff. And you're right. The old rivalries are definitely there. You know, with the Steelers, perfect example, like you mentioned. 49ers, great example. The Battle of the Bay, we'll always reference that. But do the, do the players have that rivalry like the old players had? Right? I mean, Chief players hated Raider players. Hated them. Now I don't see, I don't see that anymore. Do you ever see players that are angry or like nasty towards each other after a game? Do you ever see that? Or do you see guys dapping each other up and changing der- exchanging jerseys with them? Not unless Tyreek Hill gave you the peace sign. Even then. Even then, I mean, how minor is that? I mean, but that's like the only thing that I've seen in recent years where you got a DB that's that's ready to do something about it and just... And, and let me tell you, I hate it. I, I would love for these players to still have that bitter rival with the with the actual other team. I would love to see that, but it's just not that it's not that kind of, kind of time anymore. Also, it can backfire on you, as you see, when you step on a team's logo before the game, when you try to create that rivalry. Ooh, there's that. There's that. That wasn't very comfortable. 12.30 is the time. Let us know your thoughts, Raider Nation, on Richie Incognito, what he meant to the Raiders in a short amount of time, short amount of games he played, but he announces his retirement today. Let us know about that. 69187, keyword R&R, also 702-365-9200. Plus, since we're talking rivalries, are rivalries in pro sports dead, or do you think they're still alive? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 1 o'clock, Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Pats. He'll join the show to talk all things Patriots as we continue with our training camp two-a-days. We're going to finish our training camp two-a-days. Got Mike DeBate coming up at 1, Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers coming up at 2, and then Jose Sanchez, all 49ers SI, joining the show at 3 o'clock. And that's going to round out all of our training camp two-a-days. We start on Monday, going to get this thing wrapped up this afternoon. And coming up at 12.40, we're going to be joined by Vinny Bonsignor, who is actually over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center as Richie Incognito announces his retirement today after 13 seasons in the NFL. He made four Pro Bowls and says 
he's going to retire as a Raider. So there's that. He put out a, a piece. I guess he penned it on Raiders.com. And uh, at some point throughout the course of the show, uh, all the fine folks over at the Raiders are going to get us the sound of the presser, and uh, we'll send it over to us. And when we get that, we'll uh, go ahead and play it for you as well. We're locked and loaded for the next uh, three hours in about uh, 25 minutes, going all the way up till 4 p.m. today, heading you into the weekend the right way. And uh, cool little, cool little note right there on a Friday. Richie Incognito, right before training camp starts, decides to hang it up and retire officially after not playing at all in 2021 because he was injured. But that's cool. Again, I think he did some good things for the Raiders and really did some good things for Colton Miller. So we'll hear from Vinny in a matter of few minutes. Uh, Jason and MD hit us up. I just want to point out, if you go back and read the text from the Miami incident, and I mean all of them. I found him online a few years ago when he signed. He didn't say anything racist. Even when he was talking about dude's sister, that was just how that group got down. One of the Pouncey brothers was in on that too. The one thing I can say about him is him and his line mates were smashing... Uh, friends every night. <laughs> he got me on that one. He got me on that one. I started just reading it with LC. <laughs> yeah, okay. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> you see how I hey, you see how I pivoted though? Yeah, I did. I hey did. man, I, I hit the intersection and I was like, oh wait, hold on. That was a red light. Let me just go ahead and stop. Okay. Him and his teammates or line mates were hanging out with girls every night. Damn near every text was about getting with the female. Richie was one of the Cool white dudes that gets a pass because he was down. That's what I saw from those texts. Nothing racist. And uh, if you're going back, that's just uh, the situation that Richie Incognito had uh, going on in Miami. And uh, I've known plenty of folks, and I understand exactly where you're coming from, Jason. I know plenty of folks uh, that look like all kind of different shades of whatever that have used some of the language that Richie Incognito was using with the Miami Dolphins in, in that group, like you're talking about that line group. And it was nothing. It was never anything racist, but... Uh, you get it when it's thrown out there and you read it and all that. And plus, you know, it's the climate that it is these days. I mean, everyone has to be very careful with what they say. So I understand what you're saying and what you're talking about. And I never was one of those that was all up in, up in arms because he was signing with the team. I just thought that, okay. <laughs> I thought more. I really didn't even trip off the Buffalo or not the Buffalo situation, the Miami situation. I tripped off more of the Buffalo situation, the way he exited Buffalo. And I know he had a lot going on with his family, a lot going on with his dad. I get that. But that situation, the one that he eventually got suspended for, remember, I mean, he, before he ever took the field with the Raiders, he had to serve a suspension. That, I was like, whoa, now that's, that's a little, you know, that's a little something, something. But, again, to his credit, he goes to the Raiders and has no issues whatsoever. Not one bad thing to say about Richie Incognito. And by all the teammates and the owner, Mark Davis, being there, you could tell how much he was loved in that locker room. I'm not mad at that at all. I mean, again, we'll hear from Vinny in a, in a couple minutes, but everybody was in attendance. I mean, outside of me and DeMond, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep riding that one. I'm going to ride that one for a while. Now, I mean, not that we could be because we're here doing the radio show anyway. Push the show back until one if we had a little prior I notice. mean, I'd have to ask the boss. <laughs> but we'd have to, you know, we'd have to do some things. But still, just from all the... The, the players, and like I said, the coaches, and also obviously you're seeing uh, you know, Mark Davis there as well, that kind of lets you know how much Richie Incognito meant to the, to the Raiders organization. Yeah, and also you mentioned it like to what does he mean to the Raiders, but also his just his legacy as a player having a 15-year career. Do you think that he's one of those last guys of just legit, nasty, like tough guys? Where the NFL, how you're saying that everyone's like, oh, everybody's just taking pictures after the game and right. stuff. But like that last little generation of players that are like, Nah, this dude was going out there to mean business, and he was nasty. Almost, you know, I'm not yeah. saying dirty. Just, no, yeah, but yeah, mean. like, no, he was one of those. You, he, he played offensive line like you want an offensive lineman yes. to play through the whistle. Uh, very Steve Wisniewski like, you know, what I mean, just, just kind of have that nasty edge to him. There was nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, you know, he would play from start of the play till through the play, and that's cool. And that's why I say that I feel like he brought that toughness to Colton Miller. He kind of just let him know what the NFL was all about and how if you're going to make it in the NFL, what you've got to do. And so I can really appreciate what he was able to do, and, and, and that's, that's how you want your offensive lineman anyway. You know, you want them to have that edge to them. You want them to, you know, kind of push the, the envelope and push the needle a little bit. And even once in a while, they might, you know, you might get a call. You might, hey, you know, that was unnecessary roughness, whatever the case may be. Okay. Not, I'm not saying all the time. Can't have all, you know, but if, you're, if your guy kind of, you know, lives on the edge a little bit, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. So we'll, uh, we'll check in with Vinny in just a second uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll make sure that we got to uh, hit his in the huddle. We got to go in the huddle real quick with uh, Vinny Bonsignor as he's checking in live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, Raiders HQ as Richie Incognito has announced his retirement after 13 se- seasons in the NFL and four Pro Bowl appearances. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into Vinny Bonsignor. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, I'm seeing that there is a ton of people there. Um, I wasn't even aware of the the presser happening. I I thought that this was going to happen. I I heard that he was going to, Richie Incognito was going to announce his retirement, but I never was made aware of even what time this uh, presser was going to be. So what was it like? What was the kind of energy in the room like? Yeah, they were they were obviously trying to keep it on the uh, on the download to 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 let Richie have uh, uh, you know his moment in the sun, so to speak. And it was it was actually pretty special. You know, I was wondering what it was going to be all about and everything. Um, you know, he didn't play that long with the Raiders, only three years. And even in those three years, um, he didn't play a whole lot of games. Obviously, he missed all of last year with the injury, and then I think played only two games the year before. Uh, but to see the entire offensive line come out and support him today, uh, to see Raiders owner Mark Davis uh, out in uh, you know in the building uh, to support him today, and to to hear the heartfelt words that Richie had for this organization um, that he felt felt like home immediately uh, upon arriving with the Raiders in 2019. It was actually pretty special. Yeah, no, it looked like it. And I saw the pictures. I saw Mark Davis there. I saw all the offensive line. And, and you know, Vinny, it's funny. Offensive linemen, isn't that how they are? I mean, they, they travel in packs. They're like wolves, right? They travel in packs. Uh, and, and that's the sign of a good offensive line. So I feel like he left a really good impression with those guys in the locker room. There's no question about it. And, you know, we didn't see him, uh, obviously, uh, suit up a lot of times. Um, you know, and, and last year, as he was trying to, to rehab to come back, uh, he did a lot of work uh, off-site uh, to do that. Um, but once it became apparent that he probably wasn't going to be able to play, uh, he came out here and was a, uh, was a constant figure here with this, with this team, and specifically with that offensive line. Um, and I think that you know uh, his presence here as a player and then kind of as a mentor and somebody that was kind of helping coach them left a indelible mark uh, on this group. You know, Richie Incognito, I, I remember coming – to cover the Raiders in 2019, late in 2019, and I had my preconceived ideas of Richie Incognito based on what I had heard, what I had read, um, but he was completely different than what I had envisioned or thought of. It's always a reminder to me that, you know, it's always best to judge people when they get in your circle, when you have a chance to really get to know them, uh, and not always base it on, on what you hear or what you read, uh, because he, he kind of blew my mind and who, who he actually was and how he actually operated based on all that. 
and you can tell uh, just by the fact that you know that, that that group of offensive linemen were here to support him, a bunch of young guys that they probably feel the same exact way. I know I've talked to teammates of his that felt one way about him before he got here, mm-hmm. and then got a chance to really get to know him and like, oh, that's not Richie. That's not who I thought he was. You know, this guy's completely different. So um, there's probably a lot of reasons for that. Um, but uh, he definitely left an indelible mark, even though he didn't really play that much here. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate in the huddle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. He's live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Offensive lineman Richie Incognito announces his retirement today from the Silver and Black. Says he's going to retire as a Raider. That's how much the team meant to him. Vinny, I threw this out there earlier when the, the presser started, and I said I felt like, in the short time that he was with the Raiders, if he did anything, it was help build up Colton Miller. And now we see who Colton Miller is. He was uh, he was voted uh, not on the top ten list as far as tackles, but he was uh, he was an honorable mention. I feel like where Richie Incognito really did the most work is helping build up Colton Miller, make him a little bit tougher, and kind of let him know what it takes to have longevity in the league. Without question, and um, you know, I know that some Raider fans always still to this day wondered why the Raiders signed him back. Remember. They released him before uh, last offseason, during mm-hmm. last offseason, and then re-signed him at a reduced rate. Um, and a lot of Raider fans were wondering why. Well, um, his, the impact that he had on Colton Miller, they were hoping that the same exact thing was going to happen uh, with an Alex Leatherwood and also Andre James, kind of serving as that buffer uh, for those two young players. Andre making his first year uh, as a starting center and obviously Alex Leatherwood coming in as a rookie. Um, there was a thought process behind that. It obviously didn't work out in terms of him being able to play, uh, but, but the Raiders wanted his presence in that building uh, to help those guys. It's really important. Q, you mentioned it, how uh, you know these, these guys are like wolves on the offensive line. They, they roll together. It's a unit. It has to be a cohesive unit. Uh, they're linked together. Um, and and uh, you know his role trying to help get Andre James and what he did with uh, Colton Miller and what they were hoping that he would do uh, with Alex Leatherwood. It didn't really come to fruition because he was was gone a lot trying to rehab to come back. Um, But that was really what the thinking and thought process was behind bringing him back last year. So with that being said, and I threw this out there earlier, was I feel like Alex Leatherwood might need a guy like a Richie Incognito. You just mentioned it, that he could possibly be, have been that guy last year, you know, for for Alex Leatherwood, for uh, Andre James. Can they find a guy? Is there a guy on the roster right now that could be kind of that buffer, that guy to, to give them what Richie and Gognito did for Colton Miller? That's, I mean, maybe Denzel Good, um, you know, now that he's, if he's you know, cleared health-wise uh, to be a constant figure here out there playing with them. Uh, perhaps, you know, that's, that's a guy that, uh, that, that becomes or plays that sort of a role. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll have to see. But, you know, it was really interesting uh, talking and, and as Richie Incognito was going down the line, talking about you know this this young offensive line, he had a lot of words for Lester Cotton. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught that, but uh, you know he, he he even said he goes you know I, he goes Lester Cotton. He goes I knew you could play three years ago uh, when you showed up. There were some fundamental issues that needed to get cleaned up, but you're ready to go. And um, I just I, I made a mental note of that because. Hmm. I think Lester Cotton is kind of making a little bit of a move here with the Raiders. We'll see if he if he wins a starting role or um, you know a, a reserve role, which those are important as well. But for Richie to point out Lester Cotton, who's kind of been here behind the scenes, and we haven't been able to see it on the field, but it seems to me like he's kind of making a little bit of a move. Yeah, you know, during mandatory minicamp, he was a guy that was talked about multiple times. I know you brought him up. I know Vic brought him up. Hell, Adam Hill brings him up all the time. I mean, Lester Cotton is is sounds like he could be a guy that's making some moves. 
And that's a great thing. You know, um, we, we lose sight of the fact that not everybody is on the same clock. Uh, certainly, Andre James wasn't on the same right. clock. He was a converted tackle who they had to who they had to develop behind the scenes to become a center and, and acquitted himself pretty well towards the second half of or through the second half of last season. Lester Cotton has been here, putting the work in, developing, being taught. Um, obviously, he wasn't ready to go right off the bat, uh, but there's there's merit that can be had and payoff that can be uh, found in putting the time in with some of these young players, and maybe the time has come now for Lester Cotton. It'll be interesting to see what happens in training camp with him. Yeah, Vinny, I know that no one probably asked a question like this because we haven't heard the press conference just <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, we didn't. There was no uh, audio of it. It wasn't streamed, so we didn't get that. Yeah, so you're our source. You're our eyes and ears <laughs> on this. But did anyone ask? Maybe has he? Did he? Did he had any contact with the new regime, being McDaniel's, or did he? Ha- does he have a little bit left in the tank? Is what I'm asking. Or did he just know that this was time to hang it up? If they called, yeah, he, would he answer? He even said, right, right. Uh, no, he he said he goes. I don't have anything left in the tank. He goes. I wish I did because he really feels like this team is going some places, and he has a good feeling um, uh, about this offensive line too. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But he, he basically said, I don't have it anymore. You know, he tried, and we talked to Mark Davis afterwards, um, and I think, you know, he kind of explained a little bit about what happened last year and, you know, the injury that happened to to, uh, to Richie, which happened in training camp. Uh, Mark felt, looking back, like, you know, he might have tried to come back a little bit too soon and push it a little bit too hard to the detriment of the injury. We all kind of speculated mm-hmm. that maybe that was what was going on because there was, it seemed like he was closing in. And all of a sudden, boom, it felt like there was a setback. So now we kind of know um, that, that, that there was, that, that he was working really hard to come back, maybe a little bit too hard uh, to come back. Um, and it cost him all of last year rather than part of, of, of last year. But, no, um, he, he's, he's comfortable moving on uh, with his life, saying that he wants to live it now uh, on his pace. He's going to Arizona State to get his MBA. He wants to coach. Mark Davis absolutely left that open for, for the possibility to come, him, come back. At some point, he's going to be coming to games. He's going to be sitting with Mark Davis uh, up in the owner's box. So I don't think we've seen the last at all of Richie Incognito in some sort of a role here with the Raiders moving forward. And did he speak to his health on how he's actually feeling with that injury? Is he fully healed? I know it doesn't matter on the football on the football field, but how does he feeling healthy? Well, he looked great, you know, and uh, and he, he thinned out too. That was uh, that was pretty cool. We've always told this story. At Leslie, the Rams general manager, told me, Vinny. The big ones get skinny, and the skinny ones get fat after <laughs> retirement. So yep. when you look at those offensive linemen, it really tells you too how much work it takes to stay that big. It's not all. It, I mean, we we all think about how that would be great just to be able to eat what you want when you want, but literally keeping it on um, mm-hmm. and and eating and doing what you have to do to stay at that size, it's not as easy as we think. It's actually kind of a chore, uh, and I think these guys really um, uh, feel good about when they don't have to do it anymore just kind of becoming a normal person, and, and Richie's well on his way to becoming that. You know, and the other thing about that is, Vinny, I mean, yeah, it's always cool to say, hey, you can go and eat whatever you want, and you can get as big as you want, but you still got to be able to be in shape and get, and do the job, right? And you still got to be able to be super athletic. So it's like a it's like a fine line of where you go and, and how you stay there. No question about it. And, uh, you know, for, for especially for him, and, you know, what he said that he wanted to be remembered uh, as just a badass, a badass football player. Um, when he was out there, he made a difference. This is a guy who made multiple uh, Pro Bowls, and was pl- and when he was on the field with the Raiders, he played a really good bl- uh, brand of football, level of football, I should say. Um, you know, looking back, it was it was a big loss not having him out there consistently 
these last two years, especially last year, uh, when 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 his veteran presence was really really needed on a, on what was a, a really young offensive line. But it's water under the bridge. Uh, I think everybody's happy with where his life is going. I know that you know he's obviously staying on top of all the mental health type stuff, which you know has been an issue. He talked about that uh, in his life. He's learned from it. And he knows you know. Uh, the, the, the guidelines that he has to stay within. He's got a great support system. He's going to lean really heavily on the NFL Players Association and the NFL and all the programs that they have in place um, for retired players. You know, that's something that we don't talk about often. Uh, you, it, it's what you make of it. The, the NFL and the Players Association has ample, ample, ample post-retirement uh, you know, programs out there for players, and it's on the players to really – take advantage of, uh, of those. Those are out there. And he said, I'm going to take advantage of every single one because he wants the second half of his life post-retirement uh, to be as good as that, that that playing career was. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on NSA Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Vinny, just got a couple more questions for you. Like DeMond said, we, we didn't get any sound. It wasn't streamed, so we don't know what the presser sounded like. Was there anything that stood out to you uh, outside of what you've already told us that you know we, we might want to take away as a, as a nugget to hold on to? Well, I know Mark Davis is really excited about this season um, and, and, and said so. Uh, he's been really happy with, um, you know, uh, what's going on on the football side of things uh, with Josh uh, McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Uh, feels that they, they, they put a lot of great work in, in building this roster. He, he's kind of blown away that the season's actually starting next week, that training camp is starting next week. But uh, he can't wait to get started. And, you know, um, you know he, he was talking about, when they brought in Richie, it's kind of tells you how different things are right now uh, with these Raiders compared to that 2019 uh, version of the Raiders that Richie Incognito joined. Um, you know, he pointed out how, you know, my dad would always do that where he brought in guys in the twilight of their career uh, to be, you know, part of what pushed the, the team over the top. You know, uh, Jerry Rice uh, coming to the Raiders uh, when he did. Um, you know, he mentioned a whole bunch of guys. Well, that was. You know, he goes, ideally, that's what we were looking for, um, for, for, for Richie to do. He goes, but unfortunately, where we were as a team and a roster, um, that wasn't available to him. So instead of being a guy that, um, you know, pushed this thing over the top, he kind of became a mentor to a bunch of young guys. And we really are starting to see the graduation of a lot of those young guys. You think about that 2019 class with Max Crosby. Uh, Cole Miller being in 2018, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and some of those, some of those, young, Cleve Farrell, some of those young players, Hunter Renfro, that are now graduating as leaders, and and it, it really for 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 Richie, he took a lot of pride uh, specifically in um, in the progress uh, of of a Colton Miller because I know that he feels like he's played a big role in that, and he has, and he says it's your turn now. Uh, he told he told Colton it's your t- turn now uh, to be the leader. He had nice, a lot of nice words to say about Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Andre James, um, he's going to miss those guys. They, they really did, as you said, Q, uh, roll as wolves, uh, going out to eat, having barbecues. Uh, it's part of what he's going to really miss. But, but again, I know he's going to go up to Arizona or down to Arizona to do his thing scholastically over at Arizona State, but I don't think Vegas is going to be very far uh, from him ever. I think that this is where he's probably going to migrate to once he gets the school part uh, down. 
because I see him as as somebody that's going to be around this Raiders organization for a long, long time. That's awesome, man. It's a hell of a story right there, and uh, I think everyone always roots for a comeback. And I know that he's had some dark times, but he's always had some bright times, or he's had some bright times as well. And so, uh, definitely, uh, I choose to celebrate what he was able to do with the silver and black and turn his life around. I root for anyone to turn their life around. People don't always start out right, but if they end right, that's a good thing. Well, Vinny, thanks for being our eyes and ears, man. We really appreciate you. Uh, are you going to have anything coming out on the RJ that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, definitely, um, definitely uh, writing about this, uh, obviously. And then on Sunday, uh, kind of break with, you know, in advance of the, Ra- of the Raiders rookies reporting on Monday, which hard to believe, but here we are. Uh, just kind of a breakdown on what to expect from this Raiders uh, rookie group. That'll be on Sunday in the Review Journal. There it goes. Well, great job as always, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Hopefully you enjoyed the last couple of days off, and uh, we'll be talking to you on Monday. Back at it Monday. Can't wait. All right, brother. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor does a fantastic job on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. Check him out 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And he was our eyes and ears for the Richie Incognito press conference. So many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor. 12.56 is the time when we come back. Kick off hour number two of the show. Two of four hours. Mike DeBate, Locked On Pats. He'll join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.